Praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of times the pastor will get up and talk about worship. And I was trying to figure out something to teach on this morning. And uh, one, I have these uh, different Bibles on my phone. And one I came across this one is what exactly is worship. Um, worship can be defined as the reverence or adoration that one shows towards something or someone, holding a person or object in high esteem, or giving a person or object a place of importance or honor. And there's hundreds of scriptures in the Bible about worship. Uh, this is one of those things that we we need to do. We need to do it daily. We need to do it every day. We need to do it all day. And a lot of scriptures I want to go through, and I don't know if I'll get through all of it today or not. But the Bible speaks about worship. And to provide guidance as to both who and how to worship, uh, it is a biblical mandate that we worship God and God alone. You know, uh, even in Exodus, when uh, children, when uh, Moses came down off the mountain with the uh, Ten Commandments, the morning of Moses said, Thou shalt worship no other God. You know, we, we need to worship God and God only. And why know today it is so easy to put something else, uh, or something else or someone else, uh, first in our life. And, you know, we, we think about, when we think about putting people first or something, we think about someone that we have uh, really uh, put our trust in and we follow them. And, no, any time that the Lord tells you that you need to be doing something and you do something for someone else first or you do something else first, that's what you are worshiping. That's what you are putting before God. But we also need to be in the spirit of obedience and submission. You know, this, this is the two things, obedience and submission, is the two things that we, we fall, all fall short of. I do. Uh, because... Um, we get in this life and, and you know, like I've said before, we have been taught since we're very small that we need to get out and get an education, get a job, uh, raise, have a family, get married, have a family. And this is what we have been taught since we were very small. But, you know, the one thing that we have left out is exactly how that we should go about doing these things. We just don't go out and just do them because that's what we're told we do. We need to be, first of all, we need to su submit ourselves to the Lord and obey Him and uh, then let follow Him as the way that He would have us to go in our marriage, in our jobs, and in everything else in our life. He will lead you in the way that you need to go 
It may not be the way that you want to go, but it's the way that he wants you to go, and he will bless you in that way. But let's, let's have prayer this morning. Go if you would. Instead of what we want to do, 
what we think we want to do. When we get to the point of where that the Lord is really blessing us and we're really following the Lord, we we basically have turned our will over to Him and we, whatever we do, we don't do because we actually want to. We do it because the Lord has wanted, because the Lord wants us to do it. It's a it, it, it's hard sometimes to get to that point where that we completely turn ourselves over to the Lord and we do exactly what He wants us to do. Uh, because sometimes, like I said, the way we've been raised up, and the Lord will tell you, you get up one morning or you're getting ready to go to work whenever, and the Lord tells you to stay at home today, he's got something else for you to do. You know, that, that conflict with our inner man, that conflict. But, you know, there's a fight going on between us every day between the earthly man and the heavenly man. And this, this gets into that. But obedience to God and love for us through the giving of himself in death, but Paul refrains sacrifice and worship in this. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God. Holy, putting off the old man, putting on the new man, being completely different from what you were, being acceptable, uh, pleasing God. That's what we need to live for. This is the one worship that we can give the Lord more than anything else. And worship it comes in so many different forms. It's not just the act of sacrificing but now that we have sacrificed ourselves and we have to give ourselves over to the Lord and we are following him there's, there's four biblical commands about worship a command to worship Isaiah 43 7 tells us that we are created to worship him everyone that is called by my name for I have created him for my glory. I have framed him. Yea, I have made him. For everyone that is called by my name, Christians, we are God. We belong to God. Psalms 95 and 6 tells us, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord. It is a command, something that we're all expecting to do, something that the Lord wants each and every one of us to do, is to worship Him, to pay homage to Him, to recognize exactly who He is and exactly who we are. Focus, number two, focus of worship. The focus of our worship is about, without a doubt, to God. It should be to God. We should be worshiping him. Our minds should be on him continually. In Luke 4 and 8, Jesus answered. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, 
and him only shalt thou serve. This is to the point of where that, you know, Jesus was being tempted after he had fasted for 40 days. And Satan came to him and he tempted him three different times in three different ways. The same three different ways that Satan tempts us every, every time. And, and the Lord told him, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou worship. Even during the times of animal sacrifice, God's people were reminded of who he was, and how mighty he was, and what miracles he had performed on their hand, and the mandate to worship him and him only. And, you know, we studied the study of the children of Israel that come out of Egypt and everything that the Lord had done for them. And just every, just every time they turned around, the Lord was meeting their needs. Let me tell you something. It's, I cannot bring this out like I would want to, but here we have 600,000 men, not counting the women and children in the mixed group that came out of Egypt with them. He feeds, he sustains these people with food and water and clothing and everything they need every day for 40 years in the wilderness. And we worry about the least little thing in our life because we think that it's, it's the greatest thing, it's the worst thing there was to be without this. And we don't know what we are going to do without this. We don't know what we are going to do without a job. We don't know what we are going, how we're going to pay our bills. We don't know uh, how we're going to do all these things. Very simple. Turn it over to the Lord. Put your hand, put your life and your body in His hands, and don't worry about it. Second Kings seventeen thirty six, but the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt with great power and an outstretched arm, Him shall you fear and Him shall you worship, and to Him shall you do sacrifice. God, God, He He supplies every one of our needs. Sure, we have a job. Our job pays us money. Our money pays the bills, puts food on the table, goes on our back. All right, how did you get that job? If you will look back and you will take time to sit down and you will go over all these things, you will find Jesus in each and everything that's in your life. Yes, Lord gave me the job that I've got. He gives me the money that I that I, they pay me to pay my bills. It all comes from God. To Him, we need to bow down and offer sacrifices. There's no other option. The reason we worship, because He alone is worthy. Who else is more worthy than God? I mean, let's, let's, let's really think about it. He created this earth. He created everything in it. He created you and I. 
He sustains us every day. He gives us our needs, and sometimes he gives us our wants. And he takes care of us, and he watches after us, and he protects us. So who else in this world is worthy of worship? Revelation 4.11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. How do we give God pleasure? By lifting him up and worshiping him. How do we give him pleasure? By acknowledging who he is and who we are and what he has done for us. First Samuel 2, 2. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there a rock like our God. Nothing else that you can stand on this is that's as that stable as salvation. That is stable as that stable as God Himself. There's nothing in this world that will sustain you and protect you the way that the Lord protection and sustainment. When all of this world and everything in it is passed away, burned up, gone, done away with, God will still be there. He will still be God. How we worship. If, we, if you go back and you read in Exodus about all the different sacrifices, let me tell you, I've been studying, I've been teaching on uh, the Israelites and them coming out of Egypt for quite a while on the podcast. And let me tell you something, it was a long process to do a sacrifice to the Lord. I mean, we're talking about one chapter in Exodus to tell you how to do a, an atonement it, 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 it's a very lengthy thing that you had to do. And if you had multiple sacrifices that you had to do, trespass offerings, uh, I can't remember all of them now, but if, if you had multiple ones, it could be an all-day thing. These priests went out every morning, made sure the fire was burning in the, in the altar, Made sure the ladder was full of water because every time they done sacrifice, they had to go wash before they could come back and offer the next one. Then there was a specific way that you had to do your offerings. You know, all took quite a while. And I've asked this question many times. How many of us today would take the time Every time that we failed and every time that we trespassed, how many of us would take the time to go and do to a specific place and do a sacrifice every time we failed? I don't believe I would do that. But you know, the Lord, when he, when he died upon the cross, he made it so simple. All we have to do now is just stop, 
Ask God to forgive us and to help us. That's all we have to do now. It's so, it's so much simpler now that Jesus died upon the cross. Offered his blood to cover our sins. Offered his life for our sins. All we have to do is go to him. Ask him to forgive us. And he will. John 4, 23. But the hour, hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is the Spirit. In Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, tells us that we are filled with this. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Therefore honor God with your bodies. We are also commanded to bring him worship that is based in based in truth, not based on uh, somebody, not based in something that we think, but based in the truth. God sees, God sees our hearts. He sees our reverence, and he knows what is in our heart. He knows if our hearts are pure. He knows exactly why we are doing what we're doing, whether we're doing it to be seen of man, or whether we are doing it to actually honor and lift him up. He knows all this. Is worship just singing? There are so many different types of worship. Singing is one of the, the greatest ones, one of the biggest ones we can do. This is the one that we can do no matter where we are, at any time of the day. We can, we can sing praises to the Lord and, and lift him up, you know, I'm at work, I've always got a Christian, about all the time I have a Christian station on, and I will, I will be caught sometimes, singing along with some songs that comes on. And I, I tell you, when I, when I do this, and I really get into that song, and that song relates to me, at that moment, uh, I can feel the Lord all around Singing to him, singing songs unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous work. Psalms 105. Talk to the Lord. God adores our praise through singing and music. You know, we have we have worship here, singing, and we have music. And it really gets us in the mood, uh, gets us to Lift up the Lord, gets us to uh, that place where the Lord can use us. And then when the pastor and the preacher comes to deliver the sermon, then we are in a state of where that we can receive what God and God's got for us. But you know, the Lord, uh, He has 
told us down two times of exactly who he is and what he can do for us. He is the Jehovah, the great I am. El Shaddai, the Almighty. He is the exalted, the transcendent, far above the universe. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the only God, apart from him, there is no other. He is worthy of our adoration, our reverence, our worship. He is worthy of everything that we can give him. And, you know, I have found more and more every day, the more that I think about him, the more that when things come against me, the less that they seem to be. The, the shorter the time that frame that I go through. But this is the, the one that we are worshiping. The Bible also warns us about worshiping the wrong thing. The Bible contains several different direct warnings about the focus of our worship. The book of Exodus, Moses provided the children of Israel with the first commandment. And it deals with who we should be the recipient of our worship. Not in Exodus 34 and 14, not to worship any other God, for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. The definition of an idol, the definition of a die, anything that is greatly admired, loved, or revered. Anything. Your home car, your spouse, your children, your church, your pastors, anything or anyone can become an eye. When we get to looking up to uh, the pastors, when we get to looking up to uh, the Sunday school teachers, when we get to looking up to someone else more than we look up to the Lord, that is enough to us. When we put anything that we put before our God, anything that we put before Jesus is an idol. It doesn't matter what it is. Your bed can become an idol. Your money. That's that's the one, I'm gonna say that's the one big idol in the world today is money. The Lord commands the children in Leviticus 26 and 1. The Lord commands the children of Israel not to make idols, set up an image, or a sacred stone for yourselves, and do not place a carved stone in your land to bow down before it. I am the Lord your God. He is a jealous God. He, he wants to be Worshiped, and he alone wants to be worshiped. So when the next time that you hear, you hear the Lord talking to you and telling you to do something, and you say, Lord, I'm on my job. Lord, not right now. Uh, I've got this to do. Whatever you say to the Lord, tell the Lord that, I can't right now because I've got to do this. That 
is your eye. You have just stopped worshiping the Lord and you have started worshiping something else. You are doing something else instead of what God has told you to do. Anything in this life, I can't express this enough, anything in this life can become, become an idol. If you put it before the Lord and you want to do that more than you want, want to go to the house of God when the doors are open, if you if you there's something in your life that the Lord tells you that you need to be doing and you give him excuses why you can't do it and you don't do it, that is your right. That is what you are worshiping. How can we worship God throughout our week? Worship, uh, worship is not a one-time thing. We come to church. We worship God. We praise the Lord. We sing praises. We listen to the word of God. And we go home. And we don't do it no more till the next time we come to church, which is Wednesday or Sunday or whenever the next time we come to church. And then we, we do the same thing over again, and we think that we are in good shape. We're worshiping the Lord. But no, God wants to be worshiped, and the Lord wants to be worshiped every day of our lives. He, you know, the first thing I do when I when I bow down in the morning to pray is I tell I tell my father good morning. I tell my Savior good morning. Every morning, I make it personal because it is very personal. My Savior walks with me everywhere I go. When I'm at work and things start going wrong, I talk to my Lord. I try to remember at least one or two times during the day to stop and tell my Lord I love him. And I thank him for being with me. And I thank him for helping me on my job. Thank you for keeping me safe on my job. Thank you for it. Everything that you have done for me this day. Charles Spurgeon said it best when he said, All places are places of worship to a Christian. Wherever he, wherever he is, he ought to be in a worshiping frame of mind. We worship God all during the day for who he is, remembering his omnipotent, omniscience, and holiness. We have faith in his wisdom, his sovereign strength, power, and love. We walk out our worship with our thoughts, our words, our actions. We wake up thinking about the goodness of God and not allowing us another day to Bringing honor to him. Bringing honor to him. Lifting up our Lord. No matter what it is in your life, thank the Lord for it because it was because of him that you had it. No matter what you say, no matter what you think, everything you have is because of Jesus. It doesn't matter what it is. Your health that you have today is because of Jesus. Your finances that you have today is because of Jesus. 
Everything that I have belongs to the Lord. I don't have a lot. And you know, I don't have nothing really to give to God and, return, and give to the Lord in return for everything He's done for me except me. Here I am. Use me. Worship the Lord. Worship Him with song. Worship Him with prayer. Worship Him by studying his word and, and wanting to learn of him. Worship the Lord in every aspect of your life and every, every and all day long. Just not just one time in the morning or one time in the evening or, or on, whenever you're in church. We need to worship and thank God for everything that he has done for us every day, every second of our lives. Sing praises to him. You know, thank him for your morning cup of coffee or the, whatever it is that you eat or drink during the day. Take the time to thank the Lord for it. He is always there. He is meeting all of our needs. He's supplying all of our needs. And he is working to help us to grow stronger. And to, he is also making a place for us so when we leave this world, we can go to and we can spend eternity with him in a place made just for us. He, he, has, he is making a city at New Jerusalem. He is making this city for each and every one of us. And you know, each and every one of us that, that endures to the end, we will have a home when we leave this world Nothing like anything down here on this earth. But we need to worship him. We need to lift him up. We need to honor him. You know, I I, I, I asked the Lord many times why that he has me doing this job that he has me doing, teaching. Uh, there's so many people that there's so much more qualified to do this job tonight. But you know, the thing about it is, is the Lord said, I want you to do this. So I honor God, I worship God by doing this the best that I can. I get a little aggravated at myself because I cannot get my, I cannot get the thoughts in my head into words sometimes. I, I can't put the feeling that I want to in just exactly what the Lord has done. I, I I can't get that feeling out, it seems like to me, because there is no other person in this world that has done for me what God has done for me. I mean, he wakes me up every morning. He gives me the ability to go to work every day. Sure, I hurt. I got uh, arthritis, I hurt. But he gives me the ability and the strength and the stamina to be able to work and do the things that I need to do to provide for my family. And he is with me every step that I take. And he is there for me. And he is there for you, meeting your needs, no matter what they are. He said, I'll always be with you. Even to the end of the earth, I will be with you. I will meet your need. I will bless you. 
There is so many promises and so many things in the Bible that Jesus tells us that he's going to do for us. All we have to do is worship him and honor him and live for him. Lift him up. Not only in, to ourselves, but lift him up to everybody else. Let everybody else know just exactly who he is and just exactly what it is that he does for us. I mean, he, he performs miracles in my life every day. I, I asked the Lord one time, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I would really like to see what all that Satan has set for me during the day that you lead me through or around or get completely out of my way. I would like to really see these things. And then I got to sitting there and thinking about it and I told the Lord, I said, Lord, no, I don't. No, I don't. Because things that Satan has got set for me that you move out of the way, I mean, every step we take, Satan has got a plan to trip us up. Everything that we do, Satan has got a plan to make us fall. A lot of these things we don't never see because the Lord and his angels have moved it out of our way, led us around it, or got us through it somewhat. Sometimes we go through little things, little trials and little temptations that I call snippets. They're not very very long and he leads us through all these things and he this is what he wants to do this is what he lives for he made us he created us he created us for his glory he wants us to praise him even when I was out in sin I can look back over my life and I can see the things that God done for me because by rights Looking back over my life, I should be dead today. The Lord said, no. I got something I want you to do. I have got a job for you, and I need you to do it for me. Maybe, just maybe, someone will say that one word that will help someone change their life completely. You know, that's, that's what I long for. It's just to help someone else feel what I feel, experience what I experience, because it is one of the greatest things that ever was in this world. When you get to the point to where that God is using you and God is in control of your life, it is one of the greatest things that ever was. I'm not saying you're not going to have heartaches, you're not going to have troubles, you're not going to have trials, and everything's going to be a bed of roses. No. But the, the thing about it is, is you've got somebody with you now that will help you through those times. He cries when I cry. He hurts when I hurt. He gets upset when I do. He knows just exactly what it feels like to be me. You know, that's, that's one of the reasons I think that Jesus came down upon this earth, to walk upon this earth for 33 years. He wanted to know just exactly what it was like to be me and you.
He wanted to know what it felt like to be thirsty and hungry, cold and hot and tired and sleepy. He wanted to know how it felt to be all Experience is the best teacher in the world. We can be told about anything in the world and we really won't never understand it till we experience it. And I wish just for a few minutes that everybody in the world can feel and experience what I do all day long. Yeah, I get mad. I get aggravated, but you know what? All I have to do is stop and ask God, Lord, help me. I need your help right now. I need your help. But you know, a lot of times, see, when we do that, that is another type of worship. It's because we are acknowledging to God that we can't handle this alone and we need his help. And a lot of times we, we get to those points where we get mad, we get aggravated, and we start thinking bad thoughts. We start thinking, how can I get even? Start thinking about what can I do to make this person pay? Start thinking about what things could happen to this person because of what they meant to us. We, we got, yeah, I do those things. I do those things. I'm human. But you know what? The Lord will put me in check. And when he does that, I have to stop. And I have to ask for forgiveness. I have to ask the Lord to forgive me for my thoughts. And then I have to thank him for putting, for being there and putting me in check and being and loving me and caring for me enough to do that. Anybody have any questions or comments this morning? Nobody?